Good morning. Welcome to On the Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon, your host and your guide. And remember, my job is to get you off the brink. I don't want you stuck there. Nobody's going to be stalled. What we need to do is help you, and I say these words very intentionally, help you see, feel, and think in new ways so that you can change. And you know your brain hates change. Sometimes you hate me for telling you you should change. But you also know that things aren't always exactly the way you want them. But somehow the habits take over and your mind does exactly what it thinks you want it to do. And now we've got to change. So I have today a wonderful woman, Becca Powers. And you're going to love listening to Becca tell you her story because I have a hunch it reflects many of our own stories. And then we're going to talk about things that matter to all of us, like how do we change our balance in our work life? How do we really find a kind of success? What does that mean? You remember, we're meaning makers. Humans don't have any intrinsic value. What is success? And since you impart onto it your own value, what do you think success means? And are you there? Are you going? Is it a journey? Becca, thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. Tell the listener, who is Becca? What's your journey? And then we'll talk about your book. And her book's title is Heart is Your Inner CEO. We'll talk a little bit about that, but so many other things that she's learned as she's been on this journey. Who is Becca? So I will introduce myself in the form of a story because I think that it'll help the listeners get a really good idea of where we're going to go with this conversation as well and a little bit about me. So my um, my story starts on the bathroom floor as far as wanting to help other women. And I'm going to explain that more in just a second. So I'm a 20-year career uh, tech sales executive. I've worked for companies like Cisco, Dell, and others. And in the course of my journey, I have um, sacrificed a lot. I am a mother of four. I have uh, an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old, and then an 18- and 20-year-old stepson and daughter. And my husband and I have raised a blended family for 12 years. And, um, you know, in the pursuit of it all, I I uh, didn't have much work-life balance in some of these days, but I remember back in 2013, I was a regional sales manager for Dell. And uh, as a leader, uh, and, you, and you might relate to this, Andy, just hearing your, your podcast, I've listened to quite a few, but I have a, a firm belief that people need to come before profits, mm-hmm. right? And while I was a sales leader at Dell, I got recruited by a company that had a very similar philosophy and I wanted to jump at that opportunity, right? And so I left Dell and in the process of resigning, my VP of sales at the time heard me say all this and says, you know what? Instead of like rejecting me or accepting me, he's like, Becca, you are the CEO of your life and I'm so proud of you. Wow. Right? And um, so... Anyhow, so at that moment, I was very empowered and I went into this, this new career. And what ended up happening in this new, new career is that I wasn't an exact fit. My leadership style was very different. And what I found out is that in not being fully accepted because my style was different, instead of coming to terms with that on myself and, and questioning whether this is a fit for me or not, I stayed committed to this belief. 
And in doing so, even though it was a noble, and I think a lot of listeners can maybe relate to this, even though it was a noble cause, people before profits, what I was really doing is sacrificing my well-being in pursuit of this big thing that I thought was super important. And after three years of doing that, I ended up overextending myself way too much to the point of extreme exhaustion. And in that point of extreme exhaustion, it was one night after a really bad day at work, again, three years into this role, put the kids to bed, doing all the things. I go to take my makeup off and I fell to the floor in fatigue. Oh my. And I always say it was in my most powerless moment that I came in touch with my power. You sound like Arianna Huffington, who discovered that self-care isn't the afterthought. It has to be the thought. And and I, I'm, I'm laughing, not laughing, because I remember having um, a professorial position, two babies, writing, trying to get my tenure, and developing pneumonia so bad that it took me six months to get my health back. Why do we do this to ourselves? Yes. What did you discover? Well, I discovered, and I have the goosebumps as you say that, because this is exactly what I show up to talk about. And I'm so glad like there's a a relation going on because it's, it's, I think the reason that we do that is because we care, especially as women, we're very um, servant based. We are used to taking care of multiple things. And so it's very natural for us to almost abandon ourselves in the pursuit of the things that we think are important. Yes, And I think that is a, a really important part of the message because we beat ourselves up a lot as women. And it's like, oh, how could I have done that? Or how can I not have seen that? And really at the end of the day where I got on the bathroom floors, I got here because I cared. Yes. Not because I didn't care. So where did that take you? I'm curious about when you got off the bathroom floor, which you clearly did. Did you have that epiphany that said enough I'm going someplace else or push on and do it better or change within your life work balance or what was your epiphany? Yeah. So my epiphany on the bathroom floor is going to tie into the beginning of the story when my VP told me I was the CEO of my life. I'm sitting there on the bathroom floor crying and in just this state of powerlessness and brokenness. And then all of a sudden, I remember like giving an exhale, like as if I was like, praying or like calling out for help that I don't know. I can't power through another day. I just remember thinking this to my head, like, I don't know what to do. I am feeling powerless. I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden I call it my instant miracle. That conversation came back to my forefront. And I remember it was almost like a whisper, like Becca, you are the CEO of your life. And I started giggling actually. I'm like on the bathroom floor in this like moment of like being a complete mess. And I'm like, emotions were telling you it's okay. Laugh. It's okay. I started laughing at myself and I'm like, well, if I'm the CEO of my life, I, I shouldn't be crying on the bathroom floor. I have a lot more power than I think I do. So I rose off the bathroom floor, a different woman than the one that went down. And that's how I came up with the title of the book, Harness Your Inner CEO, because it was about harnessing that energy. I'm the CEO of my life. I've got to look at my finances. I've got to look at my spiritual self. I've got to look at my emotional self, my mental self, my physical self, and I'm responsible for it all. So let me clarify. I I didn't hear the title till you just said it. It's harnessing 
I like that. This is take mm-hmm. charge because now you can begin to visualize, and we're visualizers, what it is that you have learned, but you want others to see that we're going to take charge of our uh, total being, not a little, a whole thing. Please continue. Yeah, no, that gave me the goosebumps again. I love this conversation. So yeah, so then I was... Um, and this is going to tie back into both the things we talked about, success without sacrifice and work-life balance. What I realized about work-life balance is um, it really wasn't obtainable in the way that it was being fed to me um, by media and social and work environments and things along those lines. And then there was a way that I could go about success. It was more of a question, but I knew it was possible. I'm like, is there a way to go about chasing my success because it is, there's a lot of things I like, love about my career actually. Um, but can I chase success without sacrifice? And so those became two themes that I really, um, explored and gutted out within myself. And in the process, did you go on a journey? Um, and I'm asking because in our, in my book, Rethink Smashing the Myths of Women in Business, several of the women went off on journeys at that catalytic moment when what they were doing wasn't good, but what they wanted to do wasn't clear. And those journeys, whether it took them through Africa or Europe or wherever, with a backpack or without, was time to think and wander. What did you find? Uh, Yes. So I did go on a journey. So my journey was about two years long, um, but I didn't, what I think is unique about my journey is I stayed exactly in my life. Mm-hmm. I was a mom and my kids were in middle school at the time. I didn't have time to go on sabbaticals or anything like that, but I realized I could go on a sabbatical within myself. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. So um, I did start evaluating whether that job was a fit or not. And as I started asking myself questions and understanding too, I think um, one practical tip I can give listeners is that our bodies are going to tell us what's a fit. Um, When things feel good, we feel relaxed, we feel butterflies, we get excited. When things aren't a fit and we're still questioning, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, we're using logic to make it okay. Our bodies will tell us, I've got a pain in my shoulder, (laughs) I'm having headaches every night. And once I realized that those signs from my body were really symptoms of things not being a fit, I just kept exploring things that made me feel better. And I ended up in a new job a few months later. And I, the one part I want to share before we pause and, and go back into conversation is that for me, I had to lead my own way. And what I mean by that is I technically demoted myself. Mm-hmm. I went back to outside sales, some sales professional. And in that, in that one move, I increased my income. I started having success without sacrifice. I found what work-life balance was for me. I was able to put down my phones and emails and dedications by 5.30. I ended up getting a territory, a sales territory for the Florida Keys because I'm in South Florida. And I had to drive down to the Keys every three weeks. (laughs) And now I had like water on both sides of me, dolphins jumping in the water. I was like, what life am I in? So your life. So let's, I mean, your, your, your visual is so powerful because I truly believe there's a path through life, a little serendipity, but a lot of self-awareness to your point. We decide with the heart and the eyes, not the head. And so Mm -hmm. if you're thinking audience, 
hard about what you do and how you do it, and it doesn't feel good every morning, you wake up without a smile on your face, you're in the wrong path. And you can stay on that line and, and keep pushing it. And Becca could tell you she could have. But there's something in your physical, emotional human being. You know, when they talk about that gut, there really is a gut that's connected to what you're doing. And as now, did you go searching for that other job or did it find you? It found me. Thank you for asking that question because I get, again, the goosebumps. It's a very powerful thing when we finally stop powering through. And maybe it's surrender. That word was always kind of complicated concept for me to like fully grasp. But I do know that's what happened in my moment on the Mm -hmm. bathroom floor. The next day, and that's like I have a saying, like admit when things are wrong or admit, just admit when things aren't going right. The next morning, I called one of my work best friends and I was like, Jesse, I just need to tell you that this isn't working. And I ended up on the bathroom floor last night, but I'm empowered today. And the next thing I know is within four hours, she calls me with a job lead. Wow. To the company I ended up leaving with, like leaving for. And so, yes, like it just fell into my lap within hours, yeah. within 24 hours. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled, or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there, or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com, and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves, very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. But are we different than the rest of the world? Or are we just paying attention to it differently? I too have lived and I'm convinced that serendipity is one of your best resources. And sometimes you don't really know why something has happened, um, but you do know that something is happening. And if you can pause for a moment and you have your health, you have your family, you know, you have your husband, you have all these things going right. What's wrong? You want to say something? I know, please share. No, I just, I'm nodding my head just because it was the pause. We power. And as women, I think, um, 
I was just like, yes, because we power through life as women. I think one of our superpowers is our resilience and our ability to even um, set powerful intentions for ourselves. We we can be going through hell and just like the next day is like, I got this. I'm going to show up as my best self. (laughs) And it was in, in doing that too many times that I actually got stuck in my rut. Yeah, And it was that that power of the pause that allowed me to reevaluate everything. It is interesting because we don't know where we're going. Um, but we do know as women who are aspirational and career, whatever that means, um, we, we, I could never be simply a stay-at-home mom. Uh, I had two daughters. They were 14 months apart. And three weeks after each of them, I was back in the classroom. And But it never dawned on me that that wasn't the way one should do it. Um, but we are very intentional in some ways, but not reflective in others. And, and I got my tenure, and I've been the EVP of a bank, and I've been successful in my business for 20 years. But along the way, there have been aha moments like you have. And for our listeners, think carefully about the aha moment the pandemic has offered you. I often preach never waste a crisis. This is not one that I would have ever had anticipated or encouraged to find us, but don't waste it because if nothing else, that's your bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a moment now to really rethink um, the things that you're doing, how you're doing them. And I'm in awe of the great resignation, which isn't because people are back to work and they're fine, but they just moved around in jobs. But they also were catalysts for employers. You said people before profits. What happened is the employees said us before you. Maybe there's a message here. You know, so as you're moving along your own journey, where are you now? Where are you going? So that's an interesting question because it definitely life has unfolded for me, I say, in the most beautiful, magical, and to your point, unexpected ways. So after my two-year journey of reestablishing what was important to me, reprioritizing, um, my career took off again. I've always, like to your point, I've always been careered. In uh, my highest position, I was an operational sales director with 110 people under me and $500 million annual number. But what I realized is that wasn't defining success for me. (laughs) Success for me meant I did like making money, um, but I also like making an impact. And so I started finding roles that I felt I was able to deliver that impact and they varied in title. Um, I realized that title was more something that fulfilled my ego rather than fulfilled my satisfaction. Yes. So I started chasing fulfillment and impact. As a result, I started making more money. As a result of feeling like I'm making an impact and feeling more fulfilled, I started having what we want to call work-life balance is that I've had more passion in me. So even though I think I was working about the same hours, I'm, I like working, I'm probably 40 to 50 hours a week. What I found is that my work changed. Mm-hmm. I started doing podcasts. I set t- made time to write a book and people are like, how do you write a book? You work full time. You've got kids, you got all this. <laughs> and it I can tell you, yeah, it mattered and it happened and it happened with ease and yeah. it was quite delightful actually. So where am I now? I am 
going back to Cisco. I was with Cisco for two years and they recently recruited me back and I'm happily going back. I loved working there. Uh I'm going as a strategic sales lead and solution evangelist, which puts me in that place of impact and fulfillment. Um, I'm sitting down to write my second book. I am starting my own podcast soon (laughs) and I'm vacationing and enjoying my life and just kind of able to have more without doing so much. It's weird place to well, be. Well, but it awesome. is. But on the other side, nobody could tell you that, could they? No. And and while I do a lot of executive coaching, at the end of the day, we ask more questions than we'd help. Because if you can't find the solution yourself, it's not a good solution. And if you're trying to do something someone else said we should do, you're imagining what those words mean. But that means you have to be reflective, intentional, and, and willing to make a detour because mm-hmm. if we're on a journey or a pathway, change map, um, sometimes the detours come up and you don't really know why they're there, but it's okay to make a left turn to try and test something or a right turn to see what's over there and taste it. Um, it is interesting, Becca. It is, you know, as you're looking at your next book and the current book, um, what have you discovered that you can help the listener learn from? Are there some illustrations that you want them to remember? People remember stories. Is there a story too, other than you being on the bathroom floor, which is a great story. Um, <laughs> but I have a great book and I have a hunch in harnessing the seat that's in you um, and the things you're thinking about next, some stories to share. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, uh, because I've been a corporate gal for 20 years, um, I really wanted to impact, uh, well, explore uh, burnout but more so because i that's really what happened. I ended up burnt out on the bathroom floor. So being um, you know, an excavationist and an explorer, I wanted to understand what got me there. And I'm also life coach. I have, I'm a Kundalini teacher. So I've got some more ands. I do this and. Um, but I just wanted to really kind of understand what's causing the great resignation. Why are people fed up? What's going on in all of that? So as I I started surveying people, this is a very interesting thing. I was like, okay, what I understand about life coaching is that we overcompensate when we're trying to hide something, right? And so what is happening on an employee level that's causing this feeling of complete exhaustion? And what I came to understand is that I call it the unders and the overs. An employee first, and they might not even be able to put their finger on it, but they're going to feel these unders, which means that somewhere in in the organization, they are feeling undervalued, underappreciated, underpaid, underrecognized, feelings like that. And when these feelings go unaddressed, it starts triggering our deepest wounds, which is, I don't matter, I'm not safe, I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. And when those feelings are triggered, we go into overcompensation, which in a work environment looks like overextending, overcommitting, um, overworking, overstressing, overwhelming, yeah. those type of things. So that's really where I I want to help people understand where this is coming from, because even helping the individual understand it is really important, but I also want to help corporations understand it because I don't really, working for Fortune 500 almost my entire career, I can say that they care. They just don't know how to 
do things. And so they're offering yoga classes and things that are very surface. But at the end of the day, if they knew their employees didn't feel valuable, they yeah. could do something to make them feel more valuable. So I know that was a longer answer, but I really geeked out in that but, data but right dig, now. But let's dig into that because if only they could actually make you feel like you mattered is what you said. Mm-hmm. And all of the tactical, practical surface stuff are there. It's always fascinating to me because the HR person works real hard to get that yoga class and nobody comes or the Weight Watchers in and two arrive. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought that's what people wanted to do was lose weight. So their solution had nothing to do with the person's actual behavior, the disconnect in HR is fascinating. But having said that, you know, the company itself is the problem, not the human resource person. And the company doesn't understand that Unless you spend time getting to know and show that it matters that you're working here, employee, um, and, and, and that conversation is essential, not after the fact that you're ready to leave. You know, we work really hard on, on exit strat- and exit conversations. Yes. But why? Why don't we do retention? Why don't we learn more about what your career is about? It's interesting. I've been working with an accounting firm for five years now. And one of the suggestions I made after one of our leadership training was that you have one-on-ones with these very important people. And the partner said, no. I said, well, do it. They want to be loved. It isn't that they, they're making good money. That's not, they're not, they're money motivated a bit. Um, but at the end of the day, they work really, really hard during the tax season. And, and they don't need a party. They need someone to say, thank you. They need someone to simply say, we really, you matter to us. What, what matters to you and how do I help you? Sometimes I hear and sometimes I don't. Sometimes it resonates and sometimes it's not. But unless you reach out, you have vulnerability there because people will find another place. Not necessarily others who will matter, but they'll begin to think that all work is simply tactical and practical. And I never matter. And then I'll just hop around. And that's what happens. What do you think? No, I think you're really on to really on to something as far as how you're understanding what's going on. Um, I would say that even from a survey perspective, I've surveyed about a thousand people right now, and 88% feel unders, undervalued, underappreciated, like some combination, but at least two to hit the 88% score. I had I said it so that you have to at least hit two. Yeah. And that means two, 88% of the workforce is experiencing at least two unders. And my last thought to that thought is that people are living their emotions. Um, and so if we stay on the tactical, practical, logical side, you're missing what matters to them. And, and humans want a hug. I mean, at the end of the day, they want to belong. They want to feel well. And, and the thing that you found was that I want to be harnessing my own um, inner CEO. They want to be in charge. They want to feel they have some control. And that all of this has come out of the pandemic big time. I'm not sure the message, I must confess, I work with too many CEOs of mid-market companies and the guys don't quite get it. And they're trying to figure it out. And I say that because most of the guys are guys, but 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 they don't quite understand that it isn't a position to hold, it's a life to live. And those are very different feelings. Becca, we're almost approaching the end of our wonderful time together. You've enjoyed yourself, I know. I have as well. A couple of things you don't want the audience to forget because they often remember the ending better than the beginning, but your stories are great. So coming right off of our conversation is you matter. Yes. Number one, you matter. Number two, 
it's okay to prioritize yourself, especially as a woman. Consider yourself at least as much as you're considering other people, yes. places, and things. Those are two. Do you want three? No, I'll add your third and then yeah, I'll expand your third um, because we had a program on self-care and it's not going right now, but I'll bring it back. It's a 30-day challenge to take care of you. And it's an app and I love the app. I just can't do it right this second, but I may be bringing it back about when your podcast goes live. But I find that the people feel guilty about taking care of themselves. And the other thing I learned is that the guys who sign on sign off and the women stay in and want to keep it going. So something is going on in this world of, of being a woman where it feels guilty to take care of yourself. You're the last on the to-do list. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't work out because there's no time. And so we flip it around. So the first thing you're going to do in the morning is for you. What is that going to be? Take a walk. Now sit quietly on the deck and have a cup of coffee. You know, take that time and be unguilty about it. It's okay. And the research is fascinating. You know, women CEOs of of lots of companies say to me, because I don't take care of myself, the stress levels rise. I said, well, you know, if you take care of yourself, the stress levels drop. The oxytocin and the serotonin rise and the cortisol drops. Your brain is telling you something. To your point, it hurts when you're not happy and you don't laugh. I think this is great. Becca, where can I get your book? Uh, You can find it on Amazon and just type in the Amazon search, harness your inner CEO, and it will come right up. And is it under Becca Powers or Rebecca? Becca Powers. Becca Powers. Perfect. We'll have that all in our podcast blog. And I'm going to say goodbye to our great listeners and to Becca because we've had such a good conversation. My hunch is we'll be back and do this again when her next book comes out. And that's going to be a catalytic moment for her to get the next book out. And my next book is going to come out. So we'll all be on talking about. And our book is going to be about 100 women who are trailblazers transforming the world for women. And I do think this is a time for women to seize the moment and don't waste the pandemic crisis because it's our time to leave. Now, with that in mind, thank you all for coming. You know, you've launched us into the top 5% of podcasts globally. I'm honored to do that. As Becca's starting her podcast, I will tell you it's a pleasure. As you've discovered, I have a hunch today, but I love doing podcasts and sharing them. And the only thing I will advertise on here is us. We are corporate anthropologists, and we help companies and the people inside change. And often you don't want to change. So my job is to help you love change, make it your friend. And you can, because as you listen to Becca, you don't want to be on the bathroom floor wondering, what am I doing with my life? So how do you see, feel, and think in new ways? And as coaches, both Becca's a life coach, I'm an executive coach, but we try and help you see things through a fresh lens. My books, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, and Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business are all on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and booksellers everywhere. And Rethink just won an award as a 2022 Bronze Best Business Book in the Women in Business category by Axiom. So thank you, Axiom. It's really an honor and a privilege. So both of my books are award winners, which means I'm an award winner. Wow. Who knew? (laughs) But I don't think we write to be award winners. We write to help people see, feel, and think in new ways. Reach us at info at andysimon.com and come along for the ride. Let's have a good journey together. It's been such fun. Goodbye, Becca. Thank you so much. Bye, Andy.